the land of confusion today. Is it canceled or not? Is it a go or is it put on hold? Is it delayed or is it... What is it? Yeah, every news source you see says it's either about to be canceled or sometime later this week it will be canceled. And then every single coach and player you see on social media say, we want to play play and we're playing. And then you see, like, the Big Ten, they're out there saying, well, we're going to cancel it. 12 of the 14 schools says cancel the season. And then five minutes later, a report comes out. No one in the Big Ten's even voted. We never even talked about it. And then you wait another five minutes and... Well, we're going to push it to spring. And then you wait another five minutes, and they're like, no one ever met to even discuss about that. Then you wait another five minutes, and it's, well, Ohio State, Nebraska, and Iowa want to join the SEC. And then five minutes later, the Big Ten official says, that's news to us. That's hilarious. Then you wait another five minutes, and it's, you know, repeat. I don't I don't get it, Rowdy. It's the land of confusion. Hence why Genesis is playing right now. This is this is Land of Confusion. I don't know if you ever heard this song before. Yeah, I don't know this song. Disturbed covered it too. I don't get it, dude. What is what's going on? Well, apparently, do you okay? Do you really think they had a vote? Yes, hundred percent agree with totally. you. Totally. They here's what I think happened. I think the Big Ten got together, and of the fourteen people, you know, representing each school in the conference. I do believe that 12 of them voted to cancel the season while the other two said we want to play. And that other two was what, Iowa and Nebraska? I believe that that happened. I'm 100% with you. Why would a number like that and why would those rumors and those flo- two schools yeah float around on Twitter with multiple sources saying the same thing that it was always Iowa and Nebraska and that it was always 12 out of 14? I, I believe that that happened. And then here's what I else think happened. The news broke that they were going to cancel the Big Ten football season. And I think the vitriol online of everyone from all the players tweeting about the hashtag we want to play. And then you even had President Trump tweet out play college football. And he even quote tweeted Trevor Lawrence. I think the vitriol online and everyone sharing their opinion made the 14 Big Ten people in power, the presidents, the people in know, kind of redact what they said to be like, whoa, we never said that actually. We we just had a meeting. We never did a vote or nothing. All of this is new to us. We're, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to meet Tuesday and figure it out. I think that they had too much egg on their face of people getting too mad, and they were the first Power 5 conference to cancel, and no one else followed suit with them. Because then what did you see? The SEC said they were going to play. And then it was, uh, what was it, the big, what other conferences said? The ACC said they were on the fence, and the Big 12 said they were on the fence. Didn't a couple others say they were going to play too, or on the fence? Yeah, and then the I think the biggest thing was you had Big 10 coaches coming out yep. in James Franklin, in uh, Ryan Day. Yep. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh penning, penning like a letter online. Scott Frost. All these guys were extremely vocal about how they wanted to play, and even Nebraska, Iowa, and Ohio State were talking about leaving the conference. Yep. Which the Big Ten knows that Ohio State is its moneymaker, and if Ohio State goes, you know what, I think we want to join the SEC, dude, Big Ten is going to stop and really think about this. Yes, they are. And I saw, I saw coaches 
Ohio State coaches talking about going to the SEC on Twitter. I saw players asking if they could go to the SEC, Ohio State that is, to play You know, in their conference. I think the Big Ten saw, like I said, the vitriol online and everyone going nuts. And they're like, okay, no other conference joined us, Power Five conference that is, joined us in canceling their season. We need to kind of go back to the media and say, everything you're hearing is erroneous on all counts, despite... I guarantee you they met and they decided to cancel it and they and they got scared about the reaction online and said, Whoa, 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 hang on, we're actually gonna reconvene and meet. I think that I think everything we heard yesterday was true, and then they kinda just pulled it back. Well, you know what? They now have an excuse, right? Especially if all of a sudden teams are having COVID nineteen spikes and, and the season is derailed. Now the presidents and the athletic directors, they all have an excuse saying, see, we were going to cancel it, yeah. but you guys wanted to play. This is their out now. Yeah. They got they got the reaction. I don't know if they got the reaction they wanted, but they got a reaction that they can now use to their benefit if anything bad does happen during the season. So it was just, it was a roller coaster of emotions yesterday. But I'll tell you this, the coaches, the players, and everyone that spoke out, I don't know what team they'll be playing on this fall or what happens, but I'll tell you this. I got a spot for them on my Patriot roster. Yeah, there you go. Your Patriot roster. <laughs> All right, so I'm thinking, man, I'm thinking, Rowdy, it's – well, what's the inevitable? I think here's what they're going to do. They're going to they're gonna come out with – because they're apparently a meeting today. We'll see what happens. I think they're going to come out and they're going to say that it's going to be pushed till spring. There's going to be no fans in the stands, so they're going to lose so much money. Why would they play? Why would they play when they couldn't get fans in the stands? Aren't they all about the almighty dollar? It's going to be, hey, we talked it over. I know some of you want to play, and we all decided it's best if we push it to spring because it's, they'll say it's for players' health and yada, yada, yada. But the main reason will be because in spring you have your best shot and the earliest shot of having fans in the stands, i.e., making money. Ah, I'm so torn on that. I don't I honestly have no idea what they're going to do. I wouldn't be surprised if they say spring. I wouldn't be surprised if they say, "All right, Thursday, cats and let's go." Let's go. Because we already talked about it yesterday with with all the guys that are highly rated for the NFL draft. The NFL doesn't want to really move their draft. No. The NFL we know is king. Yes. It's got the nickname the Shield for the reason. It owns a day of the week. If they're not going to move the draft, you're going to lose your top players. Probably 60 to 100 top players aren't going to be playing if you move it to spring. Yep. And that would also mean any probable senior that has a shot at, at going pro or anyone that's a third-year junior that has a shot at already having a degree and, and might want to test their chances, that brings in a whole nother pool of players that wouldn't want to risk being injured. Now, say if you had a roster of you know, the hundred guys roughly that a college football team has. What if all of a sudden the Badgers are now missing 10 of those, but they happen to be your better players. Yeah. Ohio state could be ravaged even more because yeah. obviously they recruit the top talent. Same with the Bama's same with the Clemson's. We have uh Trevor Lawrence is one of the guys that was first most vocal about playing this year. What was that? A couple days ago now. Yeah, he's well, a guy Sunday that night. he's a guy that, you know what? He won't be playing if they play this spring. No. And that's the guy that got one of the guys that got this ball rolling. 
some of the guys that have been very vocal that are the top players, they won't be playing this spring if you make it this spring. So then I could see, I could see this. I could see the these idiots coming out and say, "Yeah, we're pushing it to spring," and then all those guys saying, "Well, then we're not okay, playing." Well, and then they, oh, okay, uh, hold on, we actually didn't say that. We didn't take a. Oh yeah, we didn't mean we didn't that. have a meeting. Uh, all, all the sources that said that, that that happened actually didn't happen. Yeah, that didn't happen. So actually, now that uh, so the we're top gonna meet players, again. And then uh, on like Wednesday or Thursday, they'll say, "All right, we're playing this fall. Practice yeah. starts Monday." Oh, oh, Trevor, you're all all the top players are declaring for the draft. Yo, we didn't we didn't mean any of that. We actually never had a meeting. I don't know where you got that information from. We're actually having a meeting on Wednesday. Well, uh, sir, you said you guys are going to have a meeting on Tuesday. No, and actually, sir, you also said you had a meeting on Monday too. No, 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 no. Erroneous, erroneous on all counts. That never happened. It's just. I think no one wants to. Nobody wants to make the decision, one way or the other. They want. I don't know what they're. They're waiting for a vaccine that's never going to happen. They're waiting for a vaccine that's never going to happen. Well, at least this immediate year, this immediate future. That is, knock on wood. No one wants to be the person to cancel it all, and nobody wants to be the person to say we're a go, because you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Usually people in power, leaders, will make a decision one way or another. They made a decision yesterday, Rowdy. Did they not? And it was to cancel the season, wasn't it? They made the decision. That was the rumored decision. 12 out of 14 schools. And you know what happened? The blowback online and probably their their phones blowing up of everyone calling them from the athletic directors to the coaches to probably players. To everyone, they're like, oh, we canceled the season and everyone's pissed about us uh, us doing that. And then look at all the money we're going to lose. Actually, can we send someone out there to say we never actually had a meeting and we were uh, someone just had bad intel? Okay, let's do that. Nobody wants to be the person to cancel the season. And then on the other hand, nobody wants to be the person who says we're playing while you still have COVID-19 going on. Nobody wants to be the – no one wants to take – no one wants to be the lightning rod. I don't know. Pay me multi-million dollars a year. I'll go make a decision. Right? I'd make a decision too. And if you didn't want it, here's the best thing about it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Here's my thing with the, with the two. Obviously, it's either going to be we're playing or we're not playing, right? Those are the only two answers. You can't kind of play. <laughs> There's no in between. It's, it's either yes one or the or no. other. Uh-huh. Here's my thing on why it should be yes. If you say yes and you had a bunch of NCAA waivers that were signed because players are very vocal that they want to play, same with some of the coaches. Yep. Here's the thing. There's still an opt-out clause. So if you didn't want to play, you didn't have to play. Mm-hmm. Now, if you say, no, we're not playing, now it's mandatory that nobody can play. Why not let the people that want to play make the choice to play, the people that want to coach make the choice to coach, and the people that want to opt out, opt out, they can opt out, and they keep their eligibility, and they keep everything. They just can't be around the facilities, aka the weight room, yeah. aka the team and st- the doctors, all that. That's it. It's an easy solution that no it's, one wants to have an answer for. It does seem pretty cut and dry. Let the individual decide. I see a lot of people online, and a lot of people will call into this show, and a lot of people will express their views, you know, on Twitter, on Facebook, and yada, yada, yada. They all want to speak for the kids that are playing college football, right? And you see a lot of people a lot of people speaking for the kids, right, that don't even know them. You see that, right? 100%. You know what I saw on Twitter? I saw 
untold amounts of college football players all band together to say, hashtag, and this is their campaign and their movement, we want to play. These are the people who are actually putting their bodies out there to play a game that they love and want to do. These are the same people that understand and know that there is a thing called COVID-19. These are the same people that want to do this. You can hear about all the people that talk for them who don't even know them and say, well, they need to cancel the season. I know what's best. Yeah, and they're all they're all what's, people that are 18 to 23 years old. They're adults. Exactly. Exactly. They are all adults. Last time I checked, when you turn 18, Rowdy, I think you become an adult. And these are all of those people playing college football. If the people playing college football want to play, well, I don't know. Wouldn't you let them play? If they don't want to play, then that's fine. But if they want to play, and they're very vocal about it, and the same people say, well, let's let the kids decide. We should let the kids decide. Well, first of all, I never, I can't stand calling college football players kids. They're adults. But they're the ones that want to play. Every single hashtag, we want to play. I see Garrett Groshek, Badger. Matt Henningsen, Badger. Hayden Rookie, Badger. Jack Nelson, Badger. Colin Wilder, Badger. Richard Wildgoose, Scott Nelson. The list goes on and on and on. They all do the same thing. Hashtag, we want to play. Scott Nelson said, let the players make the decision for themselves. Also, he quotes a tweet that says, if we can opt out, why can't we opt in? If they want to play, Rowdy, let them play. In this age range, for people that are are college football players or, or fall athletes, you have a higher percent chance of dying in a car crash, of driving to practice, than you do of COVID-19. Well, and then when you have a bunch of these these players that, you know, they want to play, it's it's insane to tell them no when that's that's what they want to do, especially because when you look at a lot of these guys, a lot of them know that playing this year is going to help them trying to make the next level, right? Because yeah. that's everyone's goal when they start playing is to make it to the professionals, right? Well, most the, people, when they start playing as... When you were a kid, isn't that, wasn't that your dream? I think that was most people that love sports' dream was to play professionally, right? Yeah. All these guys that are now at college football, the small percentage that made it to Division One college football, all their eyes are still on making it to the pros. They know that this is a huge year, no matter where they are at in their career, I'm potentially making it there. And if you're an upperclassman like the Garrett Groshaks, who might not have an NFL future, yeah. this is your last year to ever play the sport of football. Yep. This is it. And I've <laughs> seen so many college football players who are seniors saying, man, we can't go out like this. It can't be like this. I was, it's my senior year. This is it. It's like only out of all the, the small percentage that make it to Division One college football from high school, there's only an even smaller percentage that go professional. Yeah. All these guys, like some of the guys that you mentioned, aren't probably going to have careers after this year. And then they're going to go out because a president or an athletic director of a university said, no, nah, I don't know. I don't think we can, but I don't know if I want to make a decision or not. Yeah. The, okay. If the people in power don't want to make the decision, 
How about the people that actually play the game and participate in it make the decision then? If you don't have the, the cojones to make a decision one way or the other, how about the people that are actually out there doing it make the decision for you then? And from what I can tell from Trevor Lawrence, who is the biggest name in college football all the way down to the lowest guy on the Wisconsin Badgers at the end of the bench, who you probably have no idea what his name is, they all say the same thing. Hashtag we want to play. Right now we're going to talk Milwaukee Brewers. Rowdy, again, the Brewers fall. Losing to the Minnesota Twins, 4-2. to Really just kind of one bad pitch from Adrian Hauser allowed the Twins to win. Brewers were leading one nothing when Hauser was on the mound. He uh, left a, he left the changeup up, and the Twins, Eddie Rosario, poof, grand slam. The yeah, one he, bad pitch for Hauser. Hauser really just ran into trouble that first inning. I mean, it was a tough at bat by Avila, base hit. Kepler had that, you know, that little swinging bunt off the end of the bat that ended up being a infield single because they were in a in a shift. Mm-hmm. And then all, all of a sudden he hits Nelson Cruz, and then boom, Rosario hits the grand slam. That's all the high powered Minnesota Twins could muster: four runs from the grand slam in that inning. The Brewers' offense just continues to sputter. They scored two runs. Brewers' offense is not good, man. Milwaukee's offense managed two runs. Last night, or less, for the sixth time in 14 games. That's um, You're not going to win many games when you score two runs. That is a very good point. With the loss, the Brewers now fall 6-8 to overall in the season and are 1-5 at Miller Park. That's insane. The only thing that I'm going to take a positive from this game or from the past few games is that Keston here and Christian Yelich are starting to put together a lot better at-bats. Especially with uh, Christian Yelich, it seems like he's starting to see the ball better. Yeah, he's, he's taking his walks. Better. He's making better contact. He's not completely missing pitches that are right there that he's never missed before. Yeah. So I think that's some good signs that Hira and, and Yelich look to be like they're starting to round into form. It just took about 15 games to get there. Yep. But, but if you that, look at man, all God. the other acquisitions that David Stearns Let's see, Eric Sogard, three at-bats, nothing with the strikeout. Justin Smoke, two Ks, four at-bats, nothing. And he had a huge at-bat in that, was it the uh, first inning, where Eric Sogard draws a walk, Yeah. then Keston Hira gets a hit, and Yelich advances the runners with a productive out to first base, so we got second and third with one out, and all Justin Smoke really has to do is put one into the outfield or put one into play, not at the pitcher. And, and then, he couldn't do it. He struck out. That's a huge at bat where you need some guy to put it into play. Yeah, and he's not. and he couldn't do it. And he's he's what looked good in two three games so far this year. But they've played fourteen. All the acquisitions that David Stearns has uh, brought in this year not doing too hot. No one is playing well. No. Uh, Eric Sogard, you could say, is not hitting the ball the greatest at two eleven, but he's working. He's working good at bats. He's he's working counts. He's got a solid on-base percentage. But Justin Smoke has not been good. And I, personally, Justin Smoke has looked decent in the field. But what do you think of him in the field? You just see the the throw to second base where yeah, he airmailed it. it. Yeah. I mean. Smoke's looking lost at the plate. He's batting 167. Narvaez, he was brought in to be a hitting catcher. 
He's batting under 200. Hey, he had a hit last night. Yeah, he's batting 194. How about this, though? Logan Morrison got... God, they just released him, right? Like, didn't they just Yeah, say they DFA'd him? him. They DFA'd Logan Morrison for assignment to clear roster space. And then you got Luis Urias back. Uh, he, what, broke his wrist, and then he got COVID-19, right? That's why we yeah, haven't seen him yet? Yeah, is back. He's a guy that was supposed to be pushing. And he got a Orlando hit last Arcia. night. He did get a hit last night to the, uh, he went the other way. Yep. Scooted it between first and second. Yep. He is basically the exact same guy that Orlando Arcia was three years ago. <laughs> he's a guy that you know he's got a great arm. You know he's got a great glove. Can he hit? Is he going to be able to hit in the ma- at the major league level? He's Basically, Arcia just three years younger. Yeah. And he was a top prospect for the San Diego Padres just last season. He came over, obviously, in the Trent Grisham and the uh, Eric Lauer deal. So I think, especially at this point, if the the Brewers continue to toil around 500, it's another guy you got to continue to give a look, right? You have to. I mean, what else are you going to do? It's, it's. (laughs) I mean, Brock Holt was a guy they brought in for. versatility and I, I actually really like I that like, signing. I think Brock Holt's great. He just what do you get like he He's, had a pinch hit last night. Yeah, That's it. They haven't been using him at all. Brock Holt so far in fourteen games has fourteen at bats. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to get go we're talking about Christian Yelich, you know, we need him to get going. He's been basically getting at bats and playing every single day outside of a few. Brock Holt has fourteen at bats in fourteen <laughs> games and that's a guy that I thought it could be a pretty good sign. Same. But They're just, but no one has. Him, yeah. I mean, Avisel Garcia, he's obviously not Lorenzo Kane in the outfield. He's probably Yeah, I miss Kane. He's probably at best an average outfielder, but he does have a good arm. We've seen him throw people out, but we've seen him not get to plays that we know Lorenzo Kane has made. Exactly. And yeah. now when you look at his offense, he started out as one of the hotter guys, he's still just barely over 200. Yeah, let's go to the There's phones. just getting no production None. on offense. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Greg Maddox. <laughs> Charlie, I got to put you on hold. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Greg Maddox. Charlie, we're in an in-depth conversation here. How many times has he called in the day, you think? Will we be at 10 now? All right, so the Brewers... <laughs> They're bad at home. They're one and five at Miller Park. Usually they are one of the best teams in the majors in their home stadium. Six and eight on the season. Here's the thing, though. What are the Brewers? I don't think they're a good team. I don't think they're a terrible team. I think right now they're a below average team. I think they're playing exactly how they are, right? I think they're a, I think they're an average team, but right now they're playing just slightly below average. When you look at the National League Central, the Brewers are in third. Cubs first at ten and three, Reds seven and nine, Brewers six and eight. But as winning percentage, you have expanded playoffs, and the best thing for the Brewers besides expanded playoffs is that the Cardinals can't play. Well, if you look at what they set the over under for the Milwaukee Brewers prior to, so if you want to see them make the playoffs, they have a better chance just because the Cardinals can't aren't playing. If you if you remember back to February when they first came out with the season total over unders prior to COVID and it going to sixty games, yeah. Brewers were set at, I believe it was 83 and a half. So just a team that's a couple games over 500. Yeah, an average team. And then when they did the reset, wasn't it 31 and a half? Something like that. So yeah. again, a couple games over 500. They, are, they weren't expected to be 
you know, some world beaters where they were going to come yeah. in and win the NL Central. And that was pretty evident when they had the Cubs, the Reds, and the Cardinals all ahead of them on odds to win the NL Central. Yeah. What are the Brewers, dude? Are the Brewers are... Right now they're playing like a below average team, but I think what they're... What are the Brewers? I think, well, they're 6-8. and eight. I think they're playing as a below average team, but I think at the end of the day they're just an average team. All right? I mean, you just kind of alluded to that with the Vegas over-under win total, yeah? Yeah, a little over 500 is what they were projected when the, the first... 162 game over under season win totals came out Mm -hmm. and then the same thing when they officially had their 60 game win totals come out and I don't think we've seen anything but that type of team if anything they might be a little worse than that team not looking too hot right now two runs last night yeah that's what six times in the last 14 games that they've scored two or fewer runs uh, Brewers, I mean, it was really just one bad pitch from Adrian Hauser that led to the grand slam. But you can't, you're not going to be winning games when your offense can't do diddly-poo. What's the, the offense, and you brought up a good point earlier in the show, Rowdy, it's that Yelich has finally seen the ball better, and Keston Hira is as well. So they've played 14 games. Normally, the average baseball team averages somewhere around four and change runs per game. Yeah. The Milwaukee Brewers in 14 games have only scored more than four runs five times. That's not good. No, it's not. They've scored two or less runs six times out of those 14. (laughs) That's worse. (laughs) (laughs) It's no bueno. That means no good if you don't know that. Dude. All right, so I'm looking at the Brewers, and I'm like, who who are you? What is this team? Now, good news, if the Brewers score more than four runs, they're four and one. Yeah, then they win. So here's the thing. Who would ever guess scoring more runs in a sport or scoring more points in a sport? What? You win. No way. That's pretty weird to think about, isn't it? That is crazy. You you sound like you should be a GM. Keep things simple. Let's let's do the kiss method here. Keep it simple, stupid. And that's really simple for us. Score more runs than the other team. God, it's it was just so obvious. It was staring us in the face the whole time. Zach and the Dells brought it up a little bit when he mentioned the Brewers towards the end of his call, and he's he's talking about how a lot of the guys that were signed this offseason just really haven't done anything. No, they really haven't. But they were all a collection of guys that you were buying a lottery ticket on them. Mm-hmm. Because they were guys that had had past success. They had been all-stars four years ago. They had had all-star type caliber seasons three years ago. But it's all the same thing. It's all success in the past. Mm -hmm. Now you were hoping that you got the lottery ticket where they'd have a good year. Well, so far (laughs) through 14 games, none of them have had a good year. And then when your big guns, your Christian Yelich, your best player, your MVP, your MVP runner-up last season has also not looked good. No, he's he's coming around. What was he batting like two weeks ago? The lowest he was at was .037. Oof. And that was also when he had like the majority of his outs were strikeouts. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're striking out every freaking at-bat, dude. But when your two biggest guns offensively are Keston Hira and Christian Yelich, and Yelich was looking that bad, and at the time Keston Hira wasn't looking that great, 
it's tough to score runs. Now, it's not a question on to why they're not scoring runs. Well, their best two batters aren't doing anything, and all the guys that they signed hoping that they would have some upside, they're also not doing anything. They're not doing much. Dude, if you look at it, the highest batting average right now is three thirty three, and that's Manny Pena. And he's he's a he's platoon a, player. Yeah, he's a platoon player who's known for what? Being a defensive, defensive catcher, catcher that throws the ball extremely well. Now look at his counterpart, Narvaez. He's batting 194. He's supposed to be the hitting catcher. 194. He's batting 194 he with no power. A, he did have a hit last night. His slugging percentage is 226. Manny, Pine, Manny Pineapple is slugging 400. Babe Gamble? Ben Gamble? My God, that guy is cooled off. Struck out twice last night. He's batting 244 right now, but his slugging's 462. The highest slugging on the team, though, goes to Keston here at 500. Yeah, and here is Hira and Yelich have been looking much better the last five games. Mm-hmm. Now, Hira's been the one that's coming up with more of the hits and home runs. Yelich has peppered that in there, too. But at least Christian Yelich has been looking at pitches. He's been having good at-bats. He's been working walks. Yes, he's been getting better. He's been getting on base. That's... Leaps and bounds where he was when he was swinging and misses, swinging and missing at pitches that were right there, or taking strikes that were right down the middle for strike threes. Now we did have a tweet from our guy J Eight Krebs. Jordan said, "Nelson, stop it. Brock Holt stinks." I like Brock Holt. You can't. He, he's never really gotten the opportunity. You can't say a guy that's had fourteen at bats in fourteen games stinks because you're not getting the opportunity to play every day. You can't get a normal rhythm. He wasn't brought in to be a pinch hitter. No, he was that's brought. What he was, last he night. was brought in to be a guy that was versatile that could play second, short, third, corner outfield if needed. Do you feel like the Brewers have a couple of those guys that like we can plug them anywhere? They don't. They they're like a man without a home. On this team right now, they yeah. don't have a home. I think you could argue that. Like no if they were got... if they were on another team, they would have a fortified position where they would probably yeah, be put get, in you every could day. Get comfortable, get into a vibe, a rhythm. Well, has hasn't this season been all about? Well, normally baseball is is all about routine, right? Yeah, there's you show no routine. Up, you show up to the ballpark at said time during yeah, this game. No you doubt. get in your your infield, outfield. You get in your batting practice. There's you none get of in that. Your, none there's of that. no routine this year. There's no routine. And then especially Brewers were one of the, the teams that have had to have a series postponed, a.k.a. basically canceled. Yeah, thanks, Cardinals. And that was losers. The seventh kick them out. Seventh through tenth game. Mm-hmm. And now they had the re, then they restart. It's and it's just the been, Brewers have been able to get consistency. And especially when a lot of your players that you're expected to be your veteran leaders, one opts out. The other yeah, one is that hurt. The other one in Ryan Braun did not even get. Was my, it my thumb? My thumb, I scratched it. It's infected. I he gotta didn't go even get five live at bats during the blue and gold scrimmage. He walked. He basically came into opening day with hardly no at bats against live pitching, which normally he'd be going through at least two weeks of spring training. Yeah, Christian Yelich, same thing, and he was out even longer because yeah, he, he hardly played. He hardly played in September, yeah. so he hardly had any live pitching, and he wasn't playing a ton in those scrimmage games. Yep. Then you then you look at, uh, like I said, Lorenzo Cain opted out. You just that's, that's, missed I'm another all-star done. caliber, gold glove caliber player. Uh, let's see our guy Pike Slayer <laughs> 1, Jake, up there in Marinette, Forgotten Fire Winery, delicious wines. I see my guy Jake winning all kinds of awards too, my man. He says at Zone Madison, Eric Thames is greater than Justin Smoke. I couldn't be angrier at the Brewers about that. 
Justin Smoke has not done diddly Yeah, I, I actually really haven't followed Eric Thames at all this year. I know he was with the Nationals. I haven't paid attention to see if he made the roster or anything. Yeah, he's he's there. Um, let's see here. Thames. Let me just pull up his stats real quick. I love me some Eric Thames, dude. That was yoked. That beard, too. All right, Eric Thames right here, 2020. He's averaging, let's see, he's got two, six hits, two RBIs, and he's batting 240. In 25 at-bats, Rowdy. So he's basically basically doing what he did for most of his time in Milwaukee, being about a 240, 250 hitter with some power. Yeah. While Justin Smoke, on the other hand, is batting 167. Well, Justin Smoke has had 48 at-bats with eight hits, one home run, four RBIs, and he's batting 167. Ain't much smoke there, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and what, what did uh, David Stern sign him for? He signed him for his 2017-2018 season, hoping he could find that. Well, he's looking like he's more he's he's closer to his 2019 season, which is nothing to write home about. Yeah. But that's that's everyone that they've signed. It is. It name is. name a, a signing that they had this offseason that is playing well. It's no one. <laughs> Eric Sogard's showing up in some wins a couple times, but that's not saying much. Um, Jed Jericho flashed now, some leather on the field defensively. Now a lot of those guys signed either one-year deals or two-year deals with they had those mutual options or club options. It'll be interesting to see how David Stearns goes about either picking up those options or letting the guys walk after a 60-game season. Right. It's what it, Everything is such in flux and so screwed up. One thing that's kind of been unaffected or unbothered to a degree by COVID-19, we're not talking about canceling the season anyways, NFL, The Shield. Brian Gutekunst talking to the media yesterday, Packers GM. Gutekunst, he has got his work cut out for him. Goody is lamenting over the lack of time to make roster cuts as, uh, let's see, as five days, he has to make five roster moves to get his team down to the mandatory 80 players to proceed through camp. But here's the kicker. He's only going to get to watch one practice before deciding the fate of five individuals of saying, see ya, from the roster. That's because the Packers won't get their first practice in until this Saturday. Goody, not happy about the lack of time when it comes to compiling and you know constructing his roster. But he is um, said so he's been talking to Matt LaFleur a lot about it. In fact, I have comments from the GM. Let's see if I can pull up. Here you go. The opportunities are just limited. So whether that's in a meeting and knowing what they're supposed to do and, and, and being on, on point there, uh, whether it's the walkthroughs and strength and conditioning and being in shape, everything's just kind of enhanced. So, you know, Everything's just a little bit more important because we don't have the length of time and the exposures of preseason games to to make these decisions. Yeah, no doubt about it. Goody also talks about it being a difficult time figuring out what they can do with their own players that would be free agents next year coming up too. What are you going to say, Rowdy? Oh, no, I was just – I find it interesting because Matt LaFleur, obviously, I would be more in Matt LaFleur's camp on this one. Yeah. I would want to see more practices. I would want to see personally preseason games if I was the coach. Oh, for sure. It makes it a lot easier to evaluate the talent, to evaluate the different players at positions. 
That's what I would think as an outsider. I've never coached. I never had to cut NFL football players before. What are you talking about, Rowdy? You have a fantasy football team. <laughs> but <laughs> I was watching, oh, it was probably a f- two, three weeks ago now. I was watching The Herd with Colin Coward, sure. and they had Jimmy Johnson on. And he actually asked him this question. This was prior to um, them really shortening the season. This was like when they were starting to talk about potentially uh, just taking away preseason games. Yeah. By the way, Jimmy Johnson, great hair. Well, he asked him, as a coach, would you be for no preseason games, two preseason games, or you know, full four? He said, to be completely honest with you, I would, wouldn't care if there was two preseason football games or zero. He goes, when I put those guys through the practices that I put them through, I already knew who was in and who was out sure. after certain practices. After a certain number of practices, I already knew. I didn't need to see them in a game. So he goes, the rest of it was just for show. I basically already knew who was talented enough in these certain drills that we would do. I thought that was that's that's that just was being a, a good pretty, coach and that was a pretty GM. bold statement because that well, guy was he was a head coach he was a GM and and we'll we'll say somewhat of a GM I'm sure him and Jerry worked oh, together d- definitely on that but yes and they won Super Bowls yeah I mean he's he's two time Super Bowl champion like he knows what he's doing I mean he won college football yeah. championships. Yeah. The guy knows what he's doing and he's a he's, habitual winner. And if he's one of the better coaches that would be obviously a Hall of Fame coach saying that he wouldn't need those. I guess if you're that good at your craft and you know what you're looking for and you you know no the X's and O's, I guess you don't need them. But I would be more on Matt LaFleur's side. So here's more from Brian Gutekunst on not having the preseason games that we were just talking about. The evaluation process of players when they're out there on their own making decisions under the lights is different, and it's very valuable to us. You know, Again, Matt, I think, and the staff will do a really good job of creating some evaluation opportunities, but it's not going to be the same. And so you know, there'll be a little bit of leaps of faith, and we're going to have to um, do the best we can over the next six weeks before we get to that first game. Yeah, I mean – He's not wrong. I, I'm i sure if I was a GM, I would like more opportunities to watch my players go at it in a game that didn't count in the standings. But at the same time, that's why you have a gigantic staff of people who are constantly watching tape, constantly evaluating, constantly looking at how they can get better, looking at the numbers, crunching the analytics, yada, yada, yada. That's why you have a whole big staff. Now that Jimmy Johnson – is just one case. Yeah. I'd love to pull the Bill Belichick's of the world, but you'll never get that inside information until he's retired on, on how much he looks into it or when he would know when or where to cut guys based on practices or preseason games, you know, et cetera. I would love to pull, you know, the, the hall of fame coaches and what they thought versus just the older coaches that were just around for 10 years. Yeah. Because if Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst, if we took this poll and, and the majority of these Hall of Famers say they knew right here during practices and drills who was in and who was out, it makes me a little nervous when Matt LaFleur and <laughs> Brian Gutekunst are saying, well, we actually want more time to evaluate, especially after the draft they had last year and where it graded out according to all experts. And, uh, they should, I, would, I would want them to have more time. And we've seen some of the the guys they don't, they're not that they've time. taken. 
Matt LaFleur, and I'm sorry, Brian Gutekunst have one practice before he's got to cut five guys. I, they should have more time. But do you want to hear likes of Bill Belichick? Yeah, I'd like to hear what well, some of those, cuts? those uh, or, or just Hall of Famers in the game. Yeah, I feel you. Because if they all start saying, no, I knew it after one practice, after this drill, after blah, 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 I'm going to question a little bit that you need that much time. I don't know, son. When I have practice. Bill Belichick here when I have practice. Even if you show up five minutes late, I'm going to cut you. I even almost did it to Tom Brady. Bill Belichick, don't. He just He's ruthless. I would love to hear in the legit serious conversation of his process of why he cuts and how he cuts people. And the thing is, you won't hear that until he's retired, no, if you ever hear it. If you're late for practice, I'll cut you. All right, 608-321-1670, Twitter, Zone Madison. But doesn't that make you a little bit nervous, the fact that they're saying well, it just they makes would... me nervous that there's a new philosophy in Green Bay. You're a second-year head coach. You know, Brian Gutekunst has been there longer than out of the floor, but you have – you're in a second year with Aaron Rodgers and the window closing and no wide receivers. One opted out of the season, the one you did get, and you have no preseason. You haven't even had your first practice yet, and you got to cut people. Well, there's definitely like, – like, all of that makes me nervous. They should – I wish they would have more time. There's definitely a change in – Because Matt LaFleur is not a Bill Belichick, and he's not a, you know, Jimmy Johnson who we just talked about. Matt LaFleur is a second-year head coach who had a lot of luck – and you need luck in the NFL. It's not a knock on him, but he had a lot of luck last year of being thirteen and three. There's definitely a philosophy change, no doubt, right? Yeah. And we definitely saw the draft, and a lot of people had questions. Oh my God, so many questions. The draft by experts that do that was one of the worst, if not the worst well, drafts. Just, just... And we've we've already seen some of the the drafts that Gutekunst has missed on. Now, we've seen some hits, but we've seen a lot of misses, too, in yep. the draft, yep. especially when it comes to receivers or yeah, I mean, lack he of taking receivers. Receiver in two years. Now, we've seen that he's done pretty well when it comes to signing free agents, but the draft is, a, is another animal. And now, this year, you have limited, you have limited uh, film and stuff on well, the undrafted you get free your agents. Roster down you, gotta, to, you gotta get your roster down to 80 by... You know, you have one practice to get your roster down by 80. That's not that only that is not not fair to Brian Gutekunst and Matt Lafleur to evaluate the roster. It's not fair to the five guys who are about to be cut because they have literally one chance to show why they should be in a team. That right there, is, that's tough. But that's then again, that, but that it is what it is. It, it, it's the it's the same for everyone. Exactly. It, it, it's it's harder, fair? but is it's, it fair? No. It is, I mean, technically, it's fair because well, yeah, it's, it's the, the same for everyone. Field. Now, is it? But the it, norm? for every other year, is it fair? No, but it's not. It's twenty twenty. It's all effed. You know. Sorry, that's just how. That's just what it is. The XFL's hiring. Dwayne the Rock Johnson's got a job for you. Man, the XFL. Just wait until they cancel college football. And then Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock Johnson opens his doors up right away. Says, "Come on in, boys. Let's play ball." And the last two times, you know, the AAF and the XFL started for the second time. The flood of former Green Bay Packers that were playing in those leagues—they had the most amount. Of that the Packers had the most amount of people in the AAF. Not a good look, Broski. All right, see. And then you wonder why Aaron Rodgers wakes up pissed. I thought this was who he is, you know? I don't know. If I had to play with those rosters in my peak years, I think I'd be a little upset. Uh, J8 Krebs, Jordan, what's up, dude? He tweets at me at Ebo says, 
Says the Packers already know who are going to be on the team. There may be three to five players on the fence they have to choose from, but for the most part, they already know who they like. Yeah, I mean, totally. But sometimes you have that guy in, you know, practices or a camp where he surprises you. Not to compare college to NFL, but if it wasn't for the Badgers and their spring training, does Jonathan Taylor ever start as running back for the for the Badgers? Well, that's where this, this pandemic changes everything, right? Yeah. All right, don't forget up on Twitter and Facebook as well, Zone Madison, we have their poll going on. What do you think the Big Ten should do with college football? You have four options. Start on time, start late September, move it to spring, or just cancel the whole damn thing. Right now, tied at 31% apiece, start on time and start late September. Move it to spring in third and then cancel it in last. Feels nice, though, that at least 62% of people want to see football. No doubt depending about it. Depending on. Oh, and start on time just Start on time just took the lead. 33% start on time, my man. That's what I'm talking about. Before we get back to the Packers, what will be the difference between starting on time or starting late September? Besides a couple weeks. Well, what's what? What's well, to be the a difference? Sm- to be a smart ass, probably about two weeks. And besides, besides that, smart ass. Besides that, what's the difference? If you're going to delay it a couple weeks, why didn't you just start it on time? It's not like all of a sudden COVID nineteen is going to poof and vanish. In I two think weeks. it would be more or less to get your your just ducks, ducks in, in a row, row with like testing and cross your T's, dot, dot your I's, and your lowercase sure, J's. Make sure everything was ready and and up to par. You know, but again, they were supposed to be practicing about a week and a half ago so hey allegedly the badgers went out yesterday and practiced so i mean we'll see the big 10 despite meeting on saturday and then meeting on sunday and then canceling the season yesterday they're now meeting again today to muddy up the waters even more of what's going on kirk herbstreet yesterday tweets out and i just laughed i literally laughed out loud Kirk Herbstreet tweets out yesterday at 4.52 p.m. He says, To be clear, regarding the Big Ten football and their impending announcement, they are looking to delay the start of the season, not cancel it. The first three words of his tweet is what made me laugh out loud. To be clear. Nelson, everything that happened yesterday, that's the exact opposite of clear. Yeah, it was a lot of mass confusion and chaos, right? If if mud is clear, that's what it was. It was the farthest thing from clear yesterday. Oh, we're canceling it. Oh, actually, we're delaying it. Oh, we actually haven't done anything. 12 out of 14 Big Ten uh, yeah. presidents voted no. The other two, Iowa and Nebraska, voted yes, let's have football. Oh, actually, that never happened. Well, and then Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio State want to go to the SEC. And then five minutes later, an official says, we never heard that. That's laughable. That never happened. And then five minutes later, it's something else. It doesn't, nothing about yesterday was clear, Herbie. Come on, Kirk. To be clear. The only thing, Stop the it. The only thing that seems to be clear about this whole situation is the fact that there was a meeting and 12 out of 14 did vote no for football. Mm-hmm. And then everyone online, including players and coaches, had a lot of backlash. And now they say, well, actually, that didn't happen, and we will be re-meeting today. There's no way that if you were 100% confident in your no, (laughs) that you would have another meeting today, because it would be a 
No. I get I this is what I in my down I can feel it down in my plums, down in my loins. I can feel it. this is what happened. The Big Ten canceled the season yesterday. They came out and said it, and the blowback was so harsh, and they had no other conference follow suit with them that the Big Ten said, Well, we better backpedal as fast as we possibly can and say all oh, this is BS. I think that's what they did. How many times, Ebo, when we've had meetings or zone meetings, have we ever called a meeting, came up with a a solid decision, and everyone left the meeting feeling good, only to return the next day to completely hash what we we agreed upon and change it? I don't think it's ever happened. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But the Big Ten was waiting for a conference to go out and cancel with them. Well, who do they get? The friggin'... They got Mac, but that was before. Who's the other conference that canceled yesterday? Mountain West, or no, or Sun Belt? Mountain no. West. Mountain West did cancel. Mountain West canceled, but Sun Belt said they're going to follow the SEC and continue on. Well, you need Thursday football. So, so going going back to our zone meetings, yeah, yeah. when we when we sit down in, in a zone meeting, and we all feel good about something and we move forward, we never have a meeting or talk about it again. You already said, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Now, what if, do what if we have this same exact zone meeting, we all feel great about it, and then you take it to your boss, and he says, absolutely not. Guess what? We are going to be back in that meeting room yeah. the next day because we didn't uh, come up with a good idea. It sounds kind of like what happened with the Big Ten. Yeah, and then the hopefully presidents. we're going to get a good they, idea. They got the backlash from the people that actually matter, and now they're like, ooh, maybe we should reconvene and uh, change our answer. Let's see. The kids said they want to play. The coaches said they want to play. The fans said they want they would want to see him play. It was what? Just You had people at uh, Penn State fans that were saying outside of the grocery st- store, there's yeah, nowhere yep. else they would rather want to be than at Beaver Stadium watching Penn State play football. Yeah, they had a survey for Penn State fans. Penn State fans said... This is how they ranked in order of what they would do. Number one would be go to the grocery store during COVID-19. Number two, go to a football game. Everything else was below it, like go to church, go to a family member, go to a restaurant. Going to a football game was second behind putting food in your fridge. <laughs> the blowback was insane. I think, I think what it was was the Big Ten wanted another conference, to, a Power Five conference to come along and say, we will join you in canceling the season. You know what they got? They got the SEC saying, get bent. We are playing football. It will be delayed a couple weeks. You had, what, the Big 12? Did the Big 12 say they were thinking of canceling? Yeah, they were on the fence. The ACC was on the fence. No one came out and said, we will cancel with you, Big 10. And when that happened, they panicked. And they immediately said, whoa, all the things you guys heard, uh, it was actually bad reports. We never said any of that, and it's laughable. We're actually going to have a meeting again on Tuesday. It's like, well, you had a meeting on Saturday. You had a meeting on Sunday. You had a meeting on Monday. And after those three meetings, you canceled the damn season. Then you got the blowback and no one else going with you besides the freaking Mountain West Conference. No other Power Five did it. And they're like, oh, we better backpedal. Oh, my God. They're going to what? What do you think they're going to do? They're, I, I don't think, think, they, say I don't think they can cancel I think it. they say we're playing and we're sticking to our conference-only schedule, 10 games. I don't, I don't, after the, yesterday, I don't think they can ever go back and cancel it now. So I guess that's a good thing for football. I mean, it's a pretty tough look for the Big Ten 
as a whole. And and you know who it starts with? The commissioner. <laughs> First year on the job. First year on the job. Well, you How'd were you, like you, that? Were, you were handed COVID. Kind of tough, right? Yep. Oh, well, you still need to make decisions. Hey, last I checked, though, it's your job to figure out what to do. And And if I had a commissioner that was out there and when they were sitting around in their meeting and they came to this this steady no we are not playing i would want him to be very stern in his no we are not playing this is not safe and here's the reasons when you start backpedaling you just lost oh for sure once you, you once you, you bend a, the knee or backpedal you're done if you had a stern no and that's what we're doing and here's why and no questions no nothing, this is what we're doing, I would respect you more than, no, we're not playing. Oh, wait, uh, backlash. Um, yeah, actually, we're going to reconvene tomorrow, and we're, we're probably going to play. Someone needs to make an answer or give an answer. It's got to be, it's got to be, you can't be wishy-washy. When you, when you flip-flop and you're wishy-washy, you don't you're have done. any respect. You're done. You got to do it one way or the other. You need an answer. It's either yes or no. None of this. And whatever you pick, you better stand by it. Yep. None of this. Um, well, uh, uh, we better uh, have a meeting again so we didn't. All the reports you heard are wrong. They're not true. Update on the Pac 12. Pac 12 coaches and athletic directors got a sobering medical perspective from a group of Pac 12 doctors last night. A source called it, quote, eye opening. And the information on it, quote, made it real. The doctors also expressed concern about the proximity that comes with full contact practice. Quote, it's all in the president's hands. Not Trump's. They're talking about the president's in, you know, the universities. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Jesus, Charlie, what's up? (laughs) I I called to the Laurel Tavern. Charlie, uh, uh, yes, welcome to the Laurel Tavern. How can I help you? Hey, we're we're going back to... We're getting out of medicine, Wisconsin. I'm sorry, y'all. Where are you going, and Charlie? I, Where are you going, buddy? I don't know yet, but I've had an ice house. And I'm Charlie, let's be honest. You've had more than one ice house. <laughs> you bet I did, and I love you all. We love you. And, We're going to miss you, Charlie. And about uh, uh, iPods or whatever you want to call it, and yeah. um, uh, I, just, I just... Charlie, you strike, me as an, you strike me as an iPod shuffle kind of guy. <laughs> and... Uh, and I'm like, and I, I actually want to go to Muddy to Michigan, my my summer home. Well, Charlie, for all. Charlie, I don't know if you remember this earlier today when you called in for the thirtieth time, but we, <laughs> no, but who's counting? But Charlie, in the song "Kokomo" by the Beach Boys, RJ figured oh, it out. Kokomo. Every place listed in this song. Uh-huh. is still welcoming Americans. Your passport is basically worthless everywhere because you said you wanted to move to Germany, right? Yeah. Well, you can't, you can't go there. Kokomo. There's a travel ban on There's a travel ban on Germany, Charlie. But in, the Beach Boys knew it. They knew it. They knew <laughs> we were going to get COVID-19, and they put a secret message in the song. Uh-huh. All the places in Kokomo are still open for American passports. And it's funny because... Uh, so you can Mike move anywhere here and you love so this song. It's great. Way down to Kokomo. Here, Charlie, listen. Me, Charlie, listen. listen. Here. Here's where you can move. Here's where you can move. Yeah, y'all. 
What do you think? All right, see you, buddy. See you, buddy. We got... We're like Charlie's travel agents. Anywhere you want to go, Charlie, so listen to this song. Charlie called in literally how many times this day? Like 30? Way too many. And in all his drunken ramblings, he did say that he has all his bags packed and he's ready to move at a moment's notice. Whatever they charge him for unlimited minutes with whatever provider he has on that cell phone, they should charge him more. The thing is, he doesn't, he doesn't pay his bills. His, the Wicked Witch of the North does, he said. No, the Wicked Witch of the West. That's his mean sister. His mean, he has two sisters. One he hates that lives somewhere out west. I think it's in California. I've deciphered from his drunken ramblings. She's in AA and, and has been for years. He hates her. But his other sister, the, the, the Wicked Witch of the North, she's, no, the Good Witch of the North, that's what he calls her. She is, uh, likes her vodka. So Charlie's, Charlie's got it in with her. All right, Rowdy. <laughs> when Charlie moves, let's hope he, let's hope we, he forgets his phone. All right, 608 321 unless you're Charlie. Twitter is at Zone Madison. Twitch.tv Zone Madison. You can interact that way. So UMass has postponed their football season. They'll play in spring 2021. The Pac-12 just said that they got some sobering medical advice from a group of Pac-12 doctors last night. Uh, then this comes 40 minutes ago from Pete Thamel. Pete is a national college football and basketball reporter for Yahoo Sports. And he says, there's a desire for clarity in the Big Ten. Some teams are practicing. The Badgers, they practiced yesterday. Some teams are doing walkthroughs. Some are on pause. None are cleared to wear pads. There's a desire among players and coaches to know what's next. They feel stuck. Quote, we just want direction, one coach said. End quote. The most confusing thing of all of COVID-19, I think, happened yesterday, Rowdy. And that was what the Big Ten was going to do. Did... What was even clear about it? People are like, well, we could have been, we were pretty clear on what we were going to do. Uh, no, you weren't. What even happened yesterday? Did they, I don't even know if they can't, did they cancel the season? Did they not cancel the season? Did they postpone the season? Did they, are they starting on time? Are they pushing it to 2021 of spring? Are they doing it later September? What? I don't know what's happening. Do you? No one does. Scott Frost says, we're only, ready to move. The only people that know what's happening were the people in that meeting for the Big Ten, the people on those, uh, the presidents or athletic directors, whoever was invited to those meetings. And the only thing they know is they thought they weren't going to have a season, and now they're unsure. <laughs> they don't. I think they originally knew what they were going to do, cancel the season, and then they did it. And then, oh, my God, it was just, Straight fire from everyone saying, what the hell are you doing? And nobody wanted to be the person to cancel the season. And no one wanted to be the person to say we're going to play the season because nobody wants to be the lightning rod of what the decision, whatever it is you make. Why? Because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Someone has to make the decision. Not... Well, we're going to meet Saturday. Oh, then we're going to meet Sunday. Oh, and then we're going to meet Monday. Oh, oh, let's meet today, Tuesday. Oh, let's do it again Wednesday. You got it. Time is of the essence. The first game 
for the Wisconsin Badgers, Rowdy, is coming up. What is that? September 5th? 4th? Whatever the hell it is. I can't keep it. It's September 4th, Friday night. That's not too far away. You got it. They can't even practice with pads on. Someone give a decision. You know what this pandemic has really done? It, it's just shown you that in all aspects of life, a lot of the leadership Fails. was not was not prepared to actually lead. No. And if you do try to lead, you get just lambasted from one side. The other side will celebrate you. The other side will say you're an idiot and everything you do is wrong and terrible. It's that's that's just what I've noticed, that most of your quote-unquote leaders are actually yeah. not qualified to of, be. They're a bunch of. And they can't make a decision. The words I want to say right now, I can't say because the FCC will find me. But yes. 